I was there looking for a job and I'm an idiot. Like, why did I not, <laughs> why did I not try to sell myself? Hi everyone, this is Allison in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, and you're listening to You're a Financial Planner, Now What? The podcast to help you fast track your career by bringing you meaningful conversations on topics that influence new financial planners, their careers, and the lives of their clients. Today, we're excited to bring you an episode with Allison Macero, a financial planner with Marshall Financial Group. Allison shares a touching story of her relationship with her mentor, Jeannie, and the profound impact she had on Allison's life. Allison's story shows us how a young planner can navigate difficult situations with poise and strength. This is an episode you won't want to miss. Up next, Allison shares her story about how her mentor changed her life and challenged her to be the best planner she could be. Well, thanks for joining us today, Allison. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm, I'm so excited to have you on this podcast too. Thank so you. for all of the listeners, you are now, um, tell, tell us your firm and like your position that you are right now. Yeah, of course. Um, I am an associate financial planner at Marshall Financial Group, which is in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, which is kind of the, the suburbs of Philadelphia, I'd say like 45 minutes outside of the city. We are going to dive into your your story and I'm just I'm so fascinated. But in just talking with you beforehand, it seems like much of your story is around uh Jeannie Robinson and kind of your relationship with her. So can you tell us who is Jeannie and how did you first get connected with her? Oh my goodness. <laughs> who is Jeannie? Um well, for all of you that don't know or ever I've met Jeannie Robinson, she is probably the most incredible person I've ever met in my entire life. And she is the epitome of what a good financial planner is. And so I'll go into my story about how I met her. Um, I was a junior in college and I went to Virginia Tech, go Hokies. And um, being a part of the financial planning program, we got invited to a lot of industry conferences. So I had gone to a Schwab Impact Conference that was in Denver, Colorado. And I was at a women's networking happy hour event. And one of my traits almost to a fault is that I will go and talk to anybody about anything at all. And so I think this was the best decision I've ever made in my whole entire life was going up to talk to Jeannie that day. And so basically I went up and started talking to her and uh, we hit it off immediately. It was like, it was one of those people where you get that instant connection of just like, I love you, you love me kind of girl crush thing. <laughs> and so um, we were talking and she was talking to me and she was like, oh, so like, do you know anybody that's looking for a job? And I go into this whole rant selling all of my classmates saying, oh, so-and-so is a good fit, so-and-so is a good fit, which mind you, I was there looking for a job and she gave me a hard time afterwards. She's like, never once did you bring up yourself. And I think back today and I'm like, I'm an idiot. Like, why did I not, <laughs> why did I not try to sell myself? And so anyway, we kept talking and I, I gave her um, our firms, I mean, not our firms, our school's information. And we parted ways and I left the conference and I did my usual follow-up emails, um, la-di-da, la-di-da. And basically time had passed and it was a few months later and I received this email and I always say it was a very genie email. Like the first line of it was, I can't stop thinking about you. And as soon as I read that email, I was like, 
I love this person. And so from there, her and I just started this relationship of just, we talked very often. And at that time I was finishing up my, oh, I think it was actually finishing up my senior year and I was doing an extra semester and graduating in December. So we would just constant contact. I would call her to complain about the capstone class. I'd call her to complain about my classmates and we kind of just formed this bond. And so that was me and Jeannie Robinson for a long time before I ever found Marshall. And so she really acted like a mentor for you. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. And she did it in a very, very unique way where she was a mentor, but she was also a friend, which I think is the most incredible form because everyone can have a mentor and every there's a lot of, lot of smart people in this world. And we all know that, but if, if you have a mentor, that's someone that actually cares about you and then also can teach you about what you dream to be. It's like the best of both worlds. And that's kind of what she was. It's just, she was, she was my friend and she was my, and she was my mentor. And so when you started looking for jobs, is that when you, you and Jeannie knew that you guys wanted to work together or how did, how did that, how did your job at Marshall come about? Oh my God, this is, this is really funny actually. But, um, so in very Jeannie nature, I was applying for, um, a couple of jobs and, um, I was fielding a couple, couple offers and like every time I got an offer, I'd call her and she'd be like, she'd be like, oh my gosh, no, you're too good for them. Like doing her (laughs) solid sell of just like, oh, you're better than them. Like you can do better. But at the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking, is she going to offer me a job? What's going to go on here? And so, um, basically finally she came to me and she was like, I really, really want to hire you. I've told everyone at the firm I want to hire you, but we're not looking for exactly what we want from you right now. So, like, like, a, like normally someone my age would go in as a like a paraplanner position, and she's like, "We're just not looking for that right now." And so her and I kind of put our heads together. And one thing I always found about myself is that I wasn't the strongest in the investment side of the business. I thought that tech did a really good job at shaping my financial planning skills. And I kind of wanted just to evolve my investment skills. So she offered me a job coming in through the investment department as kind of the trader and analyst, a researcher. And as soon as she offered me the job, I don't care. It could have literally been a dishwasher. I said, yes, absolutely. I'm there. And so that's kind of how I ended up there and ended up in my role at Marshall. And then was it all that you thought it was going to be? Uh, was it all that I thought it could be? That's that's a great question. Um, it wasn't all. That's where things got a little bit <laughs> difficult for me because I started at Marshall in Actually, this is weird because today's my three-year anniversary at Marshall. I started <laughs> at um, Marshall on January 11th, 2016. And I started there. And kind of when I first was there, it was me and Jeannie against the world. Like, I'd go in her office all the time. We'd always be talking. Her and I had a really good bond. And then I started bonding with um, another person in our office, Adam, who was in charge of the investment department. So he was also my guy at the same time. So I had two good bonds with them. And then kind of was just floating around was not floating, but was doing my job and kind of going day to day. And then 
a few months in is when we found out that Jeannie was sick. Um, she was a breast cancer survivor, which she fought really, 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 really hard. And it was incredible to watch her overcome that. But then in, I, and I, I don't, I'm really bad with timelines, but I want to say it was like the spring of 2016 is when we found out that the can- cancer had returned and it had um, spread throughout her whole entire body. And so for those of you that don't know much about cancer, breast cancer is one of the top cancers that's most likely to reappear. And so that's basically exactly what happened to her. And so a couple months into working, I found out that my mentor was battling cancer once again. And um, uh, yes. So how did you find out that her cancer had returned? Jeannie was an incredibly open person, like an incredibly beautifully open person. She was an open book. And so she kind of like basically just told the whole entire firm because the way that Marshall works is is we're a literal family and and there's no secrets. (laughs) You could try to have secrets, but it's almost impossible. And so she basically kind of just got us all together and was like, look, this is what's happening. And so you kind of heard the whispers beforehand, but then she kind of brought us all together and told us. And that's when we all knew what was happening. And she kind of said, I don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't look great, but I'm never going to stop fighting. Several months beforehand, you were taking finals. And now you're working at this firm. This Your mentor, friend, boss just told you that she is fighting a pretty severe form of cancer. What was that like? I can't lie to you guys. I mean, I was gosh darn terrified. I was so scared. I was so scared because she was my person. And she now all of a sudden is distracted. And I'm not saying distracted in a bad way, but she now has her focus on trying to beat this thing and trying to be that 1% and trying to do whatever she can to beat it. And so there I was left at the firm with not that people didn't know who I was, but people didn't know me as well as she did and didn't know what my goals and my dreams and my ambitions were. And so I had to study for the CFP while she was fighting cancer. And I think that was one of the most difficult things I've ever experienced in my lifetime. Just having to feel like you didn't want to go and talk to her about her problems, even though she would listen to them. It's just kind of like, you just had to fight and you had to fight for her. And so that's kind of the, the outlook I took when I was studying for my CFP, because if she was fighting that hard, I could fight just as hard. You know, so as you've been going through this, you have this incredible mentor, Jeannie. Did you ever doubt that you wanted to be an, a financial planner or that this was the career for you? Yes. Being alone crept up a lot and that feeling of second guessing what I'm doing because she instilled confidence in me that I had trouble finding it in myself when it when it would when I would lose it and so all of those thoughts come creeping back and I um for for people that know me I'm kind of a firecracker I sometimes probably should shut up half the time that I'm talking but that's just who I am and so I started thinking and I'm like can I do this like can I be a planner without saying something stupid or being in a being in a meeting and want to kick myself in the face because I said something idiotic and just kind of those were the thoughts that were going through my head like maybe I'm just 
too out there, for, out there for this and for lack of better terms. And, and so I, there was one day I went um, into Jeannie's office and I was kind of just telling her how I felt and uh, I can't even describe what she made me feel. She just looks at me in the eyes and goes, never change your personality and never lose your spark. That is what's going to make you a great planner. She just wanted me to understand that each planner has their own personality and that's how clients are going to relate to you. And if you try to doubt who you are, then your clients aren't going to believe in you for who you are. And so if that's the biggest takeaway I could have taken away from her, even though there's thousands of them, I think about that every single day when I, when I doubt myself as a planner. So you're studying for the CFP exam. Um, your boss, your mentor, your friend is, is fighting some pretty serious cancer. Uh, then what happened? Yeah, the trajectory of our past was almost kind of the same in like a weird sense of like, as I was getting closer to the exam and the pressure was adding on, that is when she was getting worse and she was getting worse. And so I had to keep myself together and I kind of had to push myself through this knowing that this is what she wanted for me and and, and this is what... Oh, she wanted it. She wanted it so bad. And I think the hardest thing for me was, um, she eventually gets, it gets put into hospice. And, and a lot of the times when people are in hospice, like they just don't know or don't really want people like coming to see them constantly. And so like, for me, it was so difficult because I was in the midst of my studying and I was in the middle of it and trying to find time to visit her at hospice when she wanted visitors, never came. And so unfortunately, Jeannie passed away in October of 2016. And that was right before I sat for my exam. And I sat for my exam. And I can't even tell you, I thought this was a joke, but I sat for my exam on the day of her funeral. Wow. And I uh, went to everybody in my firm and I'm like, I'm like, guys, I just got to, I can't, I, I got to like try to call the board. I got to try to reschedule. Like I got to figure this out. Like I have to be there. And they're like, if you did that, she would be so mad. She would be so, so, so mad. And so I kind of took it as almost like a weirdly eerie omen that I took it on, which mind you, Jeannie didn't have a funeral. She had a party. So, um, she, I had, I had took my exam on the day of her party and, um, I'll never forget that I wrote the morning of my exam in pen over my heart, her name, because I knew that if I needed any strength, um, during that exam, I could just pat my heart and just know that she was there. And so that was, and that's one of the greatest things because, I knew she was there with me. <laughs> like I knew that she wanted me to do this and I'm going to tear up. But, and so there was nothing I could do to fail that exam. I was going to pass it if it took everything out of me. And so, <laughs> yeah. What was it like leaving that exam? Oh, oh my gosh. I, I always say my poor Uber driver, <laughs> well, rewinding really quick, walking out of that exam and, getting the fact that you passed and it was your first try and I'm, I just turned 24. Like I never like 
thought in a million years because of the statistics that I would have been that person that passes it on the first time. And I just kind of just walked out and held that. They give you a sheet that says you passed like to your chest and just like looked up. And I just said, thank you so much because I can never give back what she gave to me. And I could have never been where I am today without the guidance that she gave me. And so I left there with an amazing feeling of fulfillment and just like over like joyed, like just incredible, like weird sadness. And that's why I brought on my Uber driver. Cause I was like in there, like telling him my life story and I'm like crying and I'm like happy. And like my parents are trying to call me and it was just, uh, it was, I, I always tell people like, there's no better feeling than passing that exam, all the hard work, all the studying. And for me, it was so emotionally taxing. Like it was, it was exemplified to a level that I would never want to go through that again. And so the fact that I passed and knew I didn't, I was just like, oh my gosh. I can't even imagine what, what this experience is. And, you know, you're, you're sitting there, you know, taking your exam, your coworkers are having a party, but not the type of party you really Mm -hmm. want to be going to. Yeah. And so you show up to work the next morning. Walk me through that. Yeah. So um, I I showed up to work on Monday. Uh, I can't even tell you because it's just like, and that was one of the things of uh, me being at Marshall at the time. And that's why it was so scary is because no one really knew much about me. Like no one knew I hate saying this word, but like no one knew if I was smart. Like no one knew if I could do it. No one knew who this girl was. And so me going into Marshall on Monday was just like, I, there was, there was great congratulations and stuff, but she wasn't there. And so it almost felt like something was missing because like Adam was there, which was great. He's, he's the guy in the investment department and I look up to him a lot and so him and I, I, I was, he was the first person I texted after my exam, but there was a feeling of emptiness when you walked in there because you just, I just wanted to give her a hug. Were you talking to clients at this point? Like, I mean, were you engaging with the clients, kind of had that client relationship? Yeah, like a little bit. Like I would um, sit in meetings every now and again to take notes and kind of to observe the planners and kind of how they plan and basically just kind of get my, my feet in the door. I wasn't like introduced on the team taking care of their relationship, but I was kind of introduced as this is Allison. She's our newest hire and they would go into, and I would start creating relationships with clients. So they knew who I was, which is what I liked because I wanted to be known in the firm. So like when they did cross paths with me, I wasn't just the new girl. So that did start to begin. Jeannie was one of the firm's founders. Is that right? Bill Marshall started the firm on his own and was doing a great job. And just like me, he met Jeannie and could not let go of her. And so she was very much a central figure at the firm. Yes. I mean, her loss hit the firm, hit the clients, hit everything like a shockwave. Like a shockwave. So, okay. So tell me about that. Like when you say that it hit like a shockwave, let's talk about just um, the firm for a minute. Of course. What do you mean by when you say it hit like a shockwave? She was the heart and soul of this whole entire firm. Like she was 
the reason, if you talk to a, ma- a majority of the planners that work here, she was the reason that they took the job, stayed, are still here, is Jeannie. Like, she she had relationships with everyone and cared about everyone so much where everyone felt like they lost a sister, they lost a mother, they lost an aunt, what, like, they lost a member of their family. And so, just for a little background, the tenure of all the planners here is incredible. Like, a majority of the planners have been here for 15 plus, 20 plus years. So they've all been here since the beginning. And a lot of majority of our paraplaners have been here since the beginning. And so they all have kind of been in this together for a really, really long time. And so that was a difficult thing for myself as well, because I'm walking into a world that I have no idea what they have been through together these past 15, 20 years. So let's talk about clients for just a minute too, because I'm always interested, you know, how did how did clients respond to to Jeannie's passing? Heartbroken, but I mean, they, the clients the clients weren't weren't going anywhere. They they love Marshall. They love the people at Marshall, and it's, it's a hard thing to describe. Other than everyone was faced with a, just a terrible loss, but they would never ever think to leave because we're their family as well. Regardless of if it's Jeannie or if it's Don or if it's Russ or if it's Jim, like we're their family. And Jeannie was the heart of that family. So now there's been some time that's, I mean, not a whole lot of time, a couple, two years. Two years, yeah. Yeah, it has passed. How have you seen your role at Marshall's evolve in those two years? Oh boy. <laughs> um, it has been a very, very, as I said, today's my three-year anniversary. It has been a very long three years. Um, As soon as I passed my CFP, um, my number one goal was just to get get connected, get connected with the people in my office, um, create relationships where I could start to understand why I still wanted to stay and why I still wanted to be there. And, and, I even and I started to just see slight glimpses of it. Like even when I um right before I sat for my CFP exam and and this is when uh, Jeannie had passed and so everyone was just really sad, just walking around the office sad. One of the planners, Russ, um comes into my office and him and I just never talked. Like we didn't talk at all. And he came into my office and he he just looks at me and he goes He goes, Allison, it's okay. Like, it's okay if you don't pass this the first time. He goes, we all believe in you. And we know that that's not an easy exam. We've all done it. And we just want you, I just want you to know that it's okay. And that you got this and we're going to support you no matter what. And so that was the first glimpse that I got of just, okay, maybe I feel like I don't belong here, but for him to come in my office and basically verbalize that to me kind of just made me feel incredible because I, I that's something that Jeannie would have said to me and it's something she didn't. And so I started seeing small things like that and that kind of fueled me to just engage with the people at my firm more and kind of just create relationships because I am a 
huge relationship person. I, I believe that I am going to be the best planner that I can be because of the people that are in my life, not because of how hard I work or, well, that too. But I just think that the influence that you get by people is the best influence you could ever get. And so I just kept pushing ahead and basically I got a seat at the table. I passed that exam and I was all of a sudden sitting at the table and I was helping make decisions. And when I was, when I was starting to help make decisions, those are when the relationships started forming. So how did the dynamics of the team change after Jeannie's passing? One of my coworkers had gave me a great analogy for this because it was funny. I was, of course, before I came on this podcast, I literally talked to everybody for their advice and and stuff. But he descri- he described it perfectly, and he said it's like a pack of dogs, and a pack of dogs always has their their lead dog, and um, when that lead dog is gone, all the other dogs are gonna fight to become that lead because everyone feels like they have to step up to the plate. And so everyone's kind of just just trying to fill the void of what we just lost until we find that other lead dog. And that's kind of exactly just like the alpha dog. That's, that's kind of what happened because everyone was trying to fill in what we lost. And there that was a struggle for a really long time because we lost something big until we were able to re- not replace. I, I can't use the word replace, but until we were able to get that alpha dog again. And so now you really feel like at your firm, like you have a seat at the table, like you you have a voice contributing to your firm. Yeah. And everyone always wants to know, how do I get a seat at the table or how do I have a voice in things? But I'll tell everyone, it is, it is just as scary. I mean, you are, have the ears to the wall about everything. And so... When I when I just described that alpha dog situation and I was when that whole thing was happening, I'm almost was just sitting there like with a deer in headlights, just terrified because, I mean, the I didn't know what the future of the firm was gonna be like. I didn't know what was gonna happen. I didn't know if we were gonna be okay. There's a lot of emotions flying, but. I just observed and I just saw all these incredible, incredible people work their butts off to make this happen. And so being at that table solidified my decision to stay here because I saw the people that work at Marshall Financial and I wanted to be one of those people and I wanted to be there to help make decisions I'm just as much of a part of creating the problems as I am solving them. I say that all the time because it's like, I'll literally start a problem, but then I'll be forced to help solve it because <laughs> it's like, you're at this, you're at the table. So if you want to bring up a, a counteractive idea, you got to be ready to hear opposition. And then the problem has to be solved. <sighs> it does. So now that you have a seat at the table and you're in that position, what do new planners need to know about getting that seat at the table or what to do with that? There's never going to be a right answer for, for these types of situations, but number one, you're at the, you need to tell yourself that you're at the table for a reason. 
And you need to understand that because they want you to be at that table, that means you're going to be yourself. And so to give people an example of to what I alluded to earlier, I'm a loud mouth, right? And so all of a sudden I'm at this table and I'm speaking up in meetings when I'm just like, was not my place, right? Was, <laughs> was just like, I would have an idea and I would just blurt it out in front of all these people. And I would, they would just look at me and I would just be like, I just did that. But in that sense, like they, people would come to me and they would say how much they appreciated it afterwards because that's why they wanted me there. That's why they wanted my opinions, my fresh perspective, my thoughts on kind of what I can bring to the table. And so number one is just to be yourself because that's what they're asking for. And then also, secondly, is just don't you can't you can't do it all by yourself. You can't solve all the problems. You're not going to show up at the table and all of a sudden become the CEO of the firm. That's not how it works. And so you kind of just have to sit back, be a part of this team because this team is what creates the firm and what keeps us pushing. And so don't be afraid to just lean on people and just ask questions and be engaged and kind of just just be a part of what they want you to be a part of. It isn't your show. It's everyone's show. And so once you learn to just lean on the people around you, that's when you'll see it just flow organically. You have such a unique experience. What would what do you wish that you would have known before before Jeannie passed away? As cliche as it sounds, I, I wish I would have known <laughs> that I was going to be okay because, and even if, if anyone out there, like even, you don't even have to be in my situation, even starting at a firm when you're fresh out of college, you don't know anybody and you're all of a sudden like trying to prove yourself. It is so gosh darn scary. It is so scary. And unless you make immediate connections, you feel alone and you feel so terrified. I, I keep just, but I, I want people to understand that it's okay. And that that's part of the experience. And that's part of what's going to make you a better person. Because in those times, in those struggles, that's when you work harder, make yourself better and just come out. I mean, I'm still not on top, but I'm, I'm, I'm digging out and I'm, I'm being the best that I can be. And I think that's what anyone needs to know is that just keep working. It's going to be okay. And we can do this. We all can do this. Allison, you've talked about Jeannie as kind of your person and she was really, you know, this, this mentor to you. Do you see yourself being that mentor to other people or what do you need to really kind of step into that role of being Jeannie for somebody else? It's funny because it's almost like what I lost from Jeannie, I just still got from Marshall because all of the people almost learn from her in the sense of just how to be a mentor. And I almost think that I'm that I'm in this like mentorship trainee program as well as I am working here because the people here and especially Jeannie just know how to be there for you and, and how to listen and how to not make it about themselves because it's not. Because a lot of the times like the problems that people have in, in, in the industry or just even in professions all over the world is just, there's going to be no one 
that's pushing for your career more than yourself. But when you can find those people that are on your team, and I know you guys like to use the term tribe, and are pushing you, that is what it is to be a good mentor. That is the person that you want that believes in your future as much as as you believe in in yourself. And so that's what I kind of strive to to do. Um, I'm getting involved with uh, local student chapters going to speak and kind of just want students to know that people are pushing for them. And it's not just them. They're not alone. We're all their cheerleaders. FPA is their cheerleaders. And so kind of, this is kind of a long-winded answer to just be yourself, be encouraging. I just want to be that person that someone can come and talk to. If you want to rant to me for an hour, you can rant to me for an hour. Or if you're doubting yourself, I'm going to fight you to the bone that, that you're being silly. And so it's kind of just that person. And that kind of is what everyone at Marshall does for me now. And I am so beyond thankful. You know, we talked earlier in the podcast about you doubting whether financial planning was where you wanted to be and talking to Jeannie about that. And now you're a couple years past that. Do you still doubt if financial planning is where you want to be? I get so much joy from doing this day to day. And if I could, as silly as it sounds, but if I could brand myself, I am a relationship person. Like, yeah, the numbers are fun. Like I was a math major in college at first. I love all that dorky stuff, but I love the ability to create a relationship with clients and, and other people in the industry to kind of just make them happy. Like seeing a client smile when you just showed them that they can retire and they can buy that boat that they've always dreamed of is kind of like, I love that. And I just love <laughs> yesterday, a client of mine came in and like, we hugged and I was like, oh my gosh, we're on hugging status. Like that just makes me so full. And that just makes me so happy because the I'm bringing that happiness to them. So now that you're working, you know, with clients and, and deeper in those relationships, are, are any of those clients Jeannie's clients? And, and what does that look like? Yeah, I have worked with, with a few of Jeannie's clients and other people other clients around the firm. And I, and I think that it's funny (laughs) because one of her things is, is she would call me her mini me. So knowing that in the back of my head instilled the confidence when I was in front of her clients, like they loved her so much that like, screw it. I'm just going to be myself because she saw something in me. They saw something in her. And there's no reason that this shouldn't be a bond that she had with them herself. And so, and you can almost see that like the way like her and Bill Marshall instilled relationships with our clients at our firm is in just such a loving and caring way where there's the clients that you're working with, like there is a solid and foundational relationship where you're invited to weddings, you're invited to parties where like they have known each other. Like Jeannie had worked with some clients for like 20, 30 years. And so it's almost like being able to work with them allowed me to see a vision of a financial planning relationship that I want to create when I bring on clients or I start working with clients myself because I see that it's possible and I see the value that she provided to them. 
You mentioned that the tenure at your firm is 15 years plus. So does that mean that you're one of the few young people that are there? Yes, that is absolutely. Um, I am 25 and the two, there's only two people that are close to my age and they are 31 and 38 and <laughs> everyone else is just old as, as, as I'll say. And, and I, and I make fun of them all the time. And I, and I tell my parents and I'm like, I think I just signed up to have 15 to 16 more parents. Like <laughs> I come in every day and, and, and it's, and it's, it's such a blessing at the same time, because the amount of experience that all of them have is just something that I could never get anywhere else. Like they've been doing this forever and I could sit and watch them plan for hours and hours and hours at a time. So as much as I'll give them crap for their age, uh, it, it their age brings wonders because they are just such incredible people and such incredible planners. So with Genius passing, you know, and we talked about the changing dynamics of the firm, how have those succession planning talks? Have there been more talks? And what have those have been like? Jeannie's passing basically, I like uh, I like to say just accelerated the process. Like there were there were talks like any like a lot of the firms in the industry, Bill Marshall's in his 70s. He wants to figure out what he wants to do with the firm. Jeannie was a big part of that. And then all of a sudden she was gone. And so that was kind of accelerated because he really wanted this to last and he believed in this as much as she believed in this. And so he was kind of like just looking for two things. Like he wanted a way to keep, make sure his clients were happy and to make sure the employees were happy. And those were his two number one goals. And then also of course, taking care of himself, because I think that's one of the hardest things when it comes to success and planning is that this is like his, this is his baby. This is his child. And so now he has to figure out a way to, um, to pass it off and to, to do it in a way that's going to make him happy and then make his clients happy and his employees happy. And so for a long time, we had plenty of suitors. Um, we had rolled through. And when I say I was, I was a seat at the table, this was an incredible experience because now I was a seat at the table of just the succession planning and, and the way that companies go through transitions and kind of just seeing different proposals. And we eventually came down to um, an ESOP, which is an employee stock ownership pro- program, which means that we are a hundred percent employee owned firm. And so although I don't have like an exact partner track to become partner in the firm one day, the way that an ESOP works is that it's similar to like a 401k, whereas like you get shares of the company instead of a 401k match. So the longer you're at the firm, the more shares you get. And the way that our firm works is like we're very just horizontal instead of vertical as far as hierarchy goes. Like we like to make sure everyone has a voice. And so this ESOP was like a perfect fit for us because everyone is an owner. Like you answer the phone and you call us and Caitlin answers the phone and like she owns part of the company. And I, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And so that also gives me a lot of skin in the game because if our value of our firm goes up, the value of my shares goes up. And so that was a very unique experience for myself, but it's also a very exciting one as well. What would Jeannie want our listeners to know? Like what if Jeannie was here today, what do you think that she would want to tell new planners? You know, I I thought (laughs) this would be a question that was kind of (laughs) 
asked and I tried, I tried to think about it. Gosh, she would just want you to love this industry so much. And she would want you to love your clients so much. And, and so any of you that are out there doubting it or thinking that you can't do it, just <laughs> think of Jeannie Robinson because she would come up to you right in your face and tell you that you're being silly. And if you want to be here, you belong here. And so keep working at it. Keep pushing yourself and just use that strength and that love that you have inside of you to motivate you every day. Because gosh, none of us sometimes want to wake up in the morning and go and go to work. But she had so much love for this industry and so much love for what she did. And if any of us could come near to that, I think this world would be a much, much better place. An incredible place, actually. (laughs) If you like this episode, you can find more at fpaactivate.org. And be sure to join the FPA Activate community on Facebook. It's a growing study group for financial planning professionals, from students to firm owners, professors, and board members. You'll find them all there where you too can lend your voice. We hope you'll join us and help grow the financial planning profession. Thanks for listening.